Hey guys, welcome back to the Did That Really Happen podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and I have with me today some guys that I have known for a very long time. I have sitting to my right, doesn't matter to you, but it matters to me. To my right is Hobe Watkins. Uh, Hobe, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. And then to my left, again, doesn't matter to you, it matters to me, and I don't care that you don't know this, but to my left is Luke Gasquy. Luke, welcome to the show. What up, what up? I'm so, so honored to be here. So we are in Knoxville, Tennessee at Hillbrook Christian Camp, but it's also Teenage Christian Camp this week. I always got confused growing up because people would ask where I went to camp, and I would say, well, Hillbrook. Yeah. It's and hard. no one... No, it's hard, to, it's hard to explain to people. Yeah. But this is Teen Week, Week 5. Um, if you're looking for a camp to attend... It's a pretty, pretty good week to come, isn't it? It's the best week. This, this is it. You, you need to come here. It's worth the commute. It's worth the drive. It's worth the flight. Whatever you got to do to get here, you need to be here. Let's get yeah. here. Week five. If you're one of our listeners overseas, um, we would love to have you. Absolutely. Uh, I know that that might seem impossible, but it would be great if we could work that out. Uh, so, in all reality, though, what we're going to do tonight on... Well, it's tonight when we're recording this. I don't know when you're listening to it, but... We're going to talk about some camp stories that have happened over the years, as well as one thing that Luke did in his own community that he says isn't that impressive. But I bet once he's done describing it to you, you're going to walk away from it going, wow, that was really cool. I can't believe somebody was able to pull that off, even though it caused some hurt feelings between you and uh, yep, yep. you and our sister Jolie. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get this out of the way now. Luke is a sibling of... A brother and a sister. Yep. There's Quint, there is Jolie, and then there's Quilt. And um, I am Quilt Gasquy. I'm the long-lost brother of the Gasquy clan and uh, was not as gifted, unfortunately, athletically, as the rest of the Gasquys. But uh, I do claim the family. And your mom actually said that I could be in the family last year. So, you know, that's that's a wonderful thing. So, yeah. man. Uh, the worst part about it is I only get to see my big brother Quilt once a year one week a year but i'm really grateful for this week because we get to spend so much quality time together yeah and for the first time ever i think we start with this this will be a good thing to start because all three of us have played sports here and we all have some funny memories from sports i will tell on myself and then i'll let luke and whoever else wants to you know i don't know diss me uh, have a free shot to because (laughs) like i mentioned a minute ago i'm not I'm athletic, but I'm not, like, skilled athletic. Mm. I'm a little spry, and that's probably about it. <laughs> um, and so over the years, when we first started, I was a first-year camper. I didn't play any sports, and Damascus won both. They won volleyball and basketball. And I was like, wow, this is a really great feeling. I, I got a blue ribbon for doing literally nothing. And then the next year, my dad was like, you need to play this year. And I remember thinking, like, I don't, I don't like playing basketball. I hate basketball. I only watch basketball if it's on TV right, right. or if I go to a game. And so I was like, well, I don't even know how to play. And he goes, just be a pest. That was all he said. If you could just be a pest to whoever has the ball. And so at that time, Troy Polamalu was still a big player in the NFL. And I, I legit modeled my basketball career after Troy Polamalu. Um, if you haven't heard of Troy Polamalu, Pause the episode, go to YouTube, 
type in highlights and just everything he's doing that's exactly what i did i had the hair i had everything <laughs> um so the the best way i can describe my style of play was was very very foul centered in my style aggressive I would, yes aggress- aggressive that's the nicest way to say it that's right so luke you've played against me mm-hmm. um Tell tell some of the the comical things that you have witnessed. Uh, yeah, he's he's right. He's a big defensive specialist, just like Troy Polamalu. I've never seen that dude catch a ball, or I guess I've seen him intercept it, but I've never seen him really do anything else other than that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that I don't mind guarding me out there, uh, but Michael is the last guy I want guarding me out there. The most unpredictable dude. It's scary. The courts are very very narrow, and you don't know which body part you're going to land on when you jump down when you jump up in the air so uh yeah michael is not the most gifted on offense but defense easily top five in camp history his is his is a, a mental game oh yeah <laughs> my, my goal was i wanted to hit you when no one was looking no i'm just kidding i wanted to just i wanted to make you Troy. contemplate even throwing the ball in because mm. there is a video out there on instagram that bailey took okay where apparently <laughs> Um, I think it was you or Tom. It was one of you two. We're trying. You were on my team, and it might have been Tom. Then I guess I don't know. Were you ever my counselor? Tom was always in Damascus. Okay, so Tom. Yeah. yeah. For those of you at home, they're like, why can't he know who's who? Hope is a twin, uh, a uh, a fraternal twin. It's confusing. Um, He's an identical twin, and so Tom and I were playing on the same team this year, and I think Bruce Barnett threw the ball in, and I was like just waiting a little bit, and I just jumped in front. And intercepted it and then passed it off to somebody who's you know missed and then i got the rebound and scored in year four of me being a camper for the first time ever that tells you my offensive prowess uh was very stagnant um it was not good and i i was absolutely like freaking out i was so excited that mm. i had scored and um since then i've scored exactly 20 points <laughs> and about 12 of those were in one game where I have no idea what happened. I was just, just like, out. I, I kind of feel like I did. Just because went on a run. Was it last year? Maybe. I think, I I think, think it I was because I remember Luke that came up to me. And he was like, bro, I don't think I'll ever I'm see that again. I wasn't here for that. It was really Man. It's a good thing you came back this year because I, I think I could get to 13. Well, um, I think you can too. Yeah. We, a lot of guys behind Michael's back, we call him the Grandmaster. Uh, he's back there playing chess. We're all playing checkers out there. <laughs> this dude's super talented. He knows what he's doing, and uh, we'll just we'll just end it at that. You know, I really wish that were true because, like, wouldn't it be the greatest <laughs> prank of all time for me to come to camp? It's playing. You're playing the year slow after game. year. <laughs> Pretend to be terrible, and then just one year walk up and be like, "I'm going to destroy everyone." The ultimate, year. the ultimate sandbag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, could you imagine the look on like Will's face? I'd love it. I'd love it if you dunked on everybody. Yeah, I'd pay a lot of money to see that. If you put a couple trampolines out there, oh yeah, I could get close. It's not the worst idea. It's not the worst idea ever. Really. But you had something hope happen today. Yeah. That. Yeah. So you you mentioned Luke, the court is narrow. Mm-hmm. Hope, tell them about what happened to you, and then there's some other things that have happened over the years that are yeah. just kind of like, it, you know, they've happened. Yeah, for sure. That's. Uh, I call it the I call it the most dangerous basketball court in the world. Yes, for a reason. Yep, that's not a moniker I take lightly. Um, it's a dusty place. <laughs> uh, it's small, confined space. It's more of a it's more of a third of a court, really. Yeah, 
Uh, half court is about the free throw line on the other end yeah. in yeah. a real basketball court. Yeah, that's so. fair. That's fair. So I like to drive the lane when I'm not shooting the, the mm. three-point jumper, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you, when can, I go, you can hit the three-point really I appreciate, well. I appreciate that. When I go, that's it. There's no There's stop. There's one speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one speed. And I'm, I'm taking it to the rack. And I'm not the I'm not the biggest guy, you know. But um, he is the most athletic. I saw That's, you do something it's today. It's also not true. <laughs> I saw you do something today, and you missed. But I remember looking at it and going, "If I ever did that, everyone here would die of shock <laughs> well, because it's the, it was the most athletic thing. Like you were in mid air, and you threw the ball behind your back, somehow caught it, and then it went under your legs again, oh. and you then threw it up." And you just barely missed. I think I faked. I think I faked the pass behind the back yeah. to throw the defender off, and then tried the layup. No. And I walked yeah. away going, yeah. "I'm so jealous." I was, driving, <laughs> I was also driving the lane at that point. Yeah, so, like yeah, I said, yeah. one speed. Uh, but yeah, I had driven the lane. Um, couple couple trees down on the post. Mm. Went up. We all three went up at the same time. Uh, they're all. Both of those guys are bigger than me, uh, yeah. and younger. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's, that's the, the key that's word. That's the operative. Your father, you're married, yeah. Yeah. got a kid. Don't have it like I used to. Let's yeah. just be honest. Let's I'm call saying. it like it is. Uh, and uh, lost my balance into the cinder blocks, the aforementioned cinder blocks, <laughs> uh, and missed hitting my head on the corner. In, in all seriousness, missed hitting my head on the corner by mere inches, uh, and escaped a an, an really tragic situation. Now, admit it, you were pushed, right? I don't know if I'd say. <laughs> I don't. It, ha- it all happened so fast. You yeah, know? That's, I, what the, that's what the kid it. was thinking too. Like it happened I didn't so push fast. You. You, well, so he, fast. He did admit later he wasn't intending to to make me move the way I did. Yeah, but you know, Bro, that, hindsight. That sounds terrible. That sounds like the guy that like when your brothers and you're growing up. Yeah. And your brother just hauls off and smacks you as hard as you can. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to hit you I didn't that mean hard. To hit you that hard. But you're kind of sitting there going. But you. I think you did. But you meant. To I hit feel me. like you you might have. No, I, I believed it. You know, I was like. No, fair play. You were just playing defense. Yeah, well, I got a special surprise for you. That kid is here, and he's going to join the podcast. You're going to bring him on. No, let's let's hash this out. (laughs) Go ahead. This should be fun. On a real court, uh, that doesn't happen. You know, you just fall normally, and it's fine. And that's just a a real basketball play. That's true. So you really have to adjust your game here. Like Hope said, there's about an. I don't know what to call it, but there's a nice layer of dirt on top of that court, and it is about the slickest thing. It doesn't matter how new your basketball shoes are. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. You are going to slide, and there are some very intimidating walls. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hope met a corner today. There's a fence that has a lot of spiky tips at the bottom. Yeah. It is, it's scary, but, man, a lot of good memories have been made there, oh, and yeah. uh, it's, it's my favorite court to play on. I remember – two things one i'm amazed i never got hurt now i don't play as much as i used to 2019 was probably the last 2018 was the last year that i played a lot and after that i started thinking like literally that week i remember we made it through the championship game Mm -hmm. we lost uh and i was talking to dad and i was like i'm not so sure i'm going to keep playing like this every year i just don't i could tell kind of like you said a minute ago they're younger than me and I, like I mentioned, I've never truly been like just gifted athletically in basketball. Volleyball, I, I'm still feeling like I can play volleyball pretty decently. Tetherball? Tetherball, I'm uh, un- undefeated. He, he, wanted, he wanted to just gloss over tetherball like he wasn't going <laughs> to. Yeah, like yeah, we, yeah, like yeah, we, like we were going to notice what, that. What was the other one? Air, Air hockey. hockey. Uh, I've never lost at wiping a table off here when I've done cleanup. Absolute legend. Um, yeah. uh-huh. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of those. but uh, To each his own. I am surprised yeah. because my mom watched me one time 
play basketball here. And she left like after two minutes because she said, you're going to die. She was so convinced because I was just one speed the whole time. And if I went through the fence, I mean, I was a Christian. I was ready. You're ready um, to go. I, I knew where I was going to be. And so uh, I did not care because dad said, be a pest, go get the ball. And I was like, you've got it. Channel, I will, I will do Troy. whatever it takes to get the ball. I remember the second thing on this, though. Um, it is amazing to me that like no matter how much you sweep it's still dusty because yeah. i've watched and i've helped sometimes swept like especially before a game that i knew was going to be physical or yeah. tough yeah i'd sweep like four times before and nothing it, it i don't know how that works um it's crazy but there was a year where we had a kid that same kind of thing you were doing he was running toward the the hoop and he jumped up and one of my good friends like as he was jumping gave him a light push mm. but didn't no. remember his strength yeah. and gave him a lot harder push than he intended and he just kind of went into that metal bar that's there and then fell backwards and like just got the wind knocked out of him sure but we thought he had been knocked out yeah and i remember looking at him going like is he is he okay and uh you know we we drug him off the court and we finished the game, but um, after that, you know, everything was fine. Uh, but this is a fun week. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the years. I came as a little kid. My dad's been one of the co-directors here for several years. I think I started coming when I was three or four. Really? And so yeah. And you'd say the um, whole week. Yeah. Now I had certain privileges that were granted when I was younger. Right, right. That one day when I got old enough were then taken from me. Like when I was little. <laughs> And the funny thing is, you guys can't see this. My dad is like three feet behind me, maybe ten. Um, social distance, of course. And uh, <laughs> he's going to hear all of this and may not even know that I remember this. But I remember being little, starting out, and I was given one day a week that I could sleep in. And mm. I didn't have to wake up earlier, didn't have to go anywhere. And I always picked Thursday. Mm. I don't know why, but it was almost always Thursday. Strong day. Yep. And um, I remember one year, I think I was like maybe nine or ten Thursday morning rolled around, and I got shooken awake by my dad. He was just like, hey, wake up. It's time. And I was like, but I get Thursdays in. And he's like, not anymore. Get up. It's time to not go. Not anymore, you don't. And so that was the first time that I started like having to behave more like a camper before I was a camper. I also brought a bunch of action figures growing up. Yeah. Would line the, the cabins here. They're all named after biblical cities. So there's Nazareth, which is the staff cabin. I would line all my action figures around there. And then convinced my dad like hey we need to have cabin checks in nazareth too which was purely for me like they would get up and they would say a bunch of random stuff about nazareth and they'd be like but michael oh the toys everything and when they did it i was like this is so cool <laughs> they, sure. they noticed they knew sure and now i look back and i'm like bro that was just to humor me they're so sweet because i did not deserve that but, at all but how did it make you feel bro i was on top of the world i right. still bring those action figures every year um they're in my truck right now are they <laughs> no I've got a question. I've yeah. got a question. Hope, do you, Hope's a few years older than Michael. Do you remember little Michael running around being a menace on the streets out here mm. at, at fifth week? Do you remember those action figures? I remember. I don't know that I particularly remember the action figures, but uh, Michael, how old are you? I'm 28. Okay. So, yeah, I would have been, when you started coming to camp, I would have been like 12 probably 12 or yeah or so um 
so yeah i do remember you i mean i remember you and your siblings like yeah all the time we all grew up coming here together mm-hmm. and if, you know even though you you are you know younger that much younger sure. than me i still remember that this and it's crazy how we uh all three of us can look back so far uh in in what is at this point still very early hopefully in our lives it's yeah. like yeah. the ability to look back so far and, and so many memories connect to this place and this week well i got in trouble one year this is the last thing i'll tell about that and then we can kick it to other camp stories and then stuff will obviously come up but one of those years that i wasn't a camper yet and i was here i learned about this wonderful thing at the store break it is a store break <laughs> it's my podcast and it's a store break um by the way quick thing i needed to mention this at the beginning caleb rutherford normally is on this pod- podcast with me uh, he and I are co-hosts of it. He can't be on. He's moving to Texas. So keep Caleb in your prayers as he and Kaylin and little Hattie get ready to move to Roanoke uh, as uh, he's accepted a new work out there as a minister. But this year I learned about the tab that all staff can have throughout no. the week. But I, as a young child, did not ask enough questions um, sure. to understand that a tab was not free money <laughs> and so i would go there and just be like yeah put it on the tab put it on the tab and i would i kid you not i would be like yo ho you want something and i would call people over got you and get them stuff <laughs> so i guess to the end of the week and um i think it was mr david capshaw oh yeah, was yeah. even then back you know running it and he walked up to dad and he was like here's your bill and it was like a large amount of money for store break i mean like Right. The candy bars Yogurts, are a dollar. For 50 cent journeys, you know, yeah. And I was over there like, I want to say it was a couple hundred dollars maybe. <laughs> and um, maybe more. He's looking at me. It may, may be more. Um, but I just remember him like calling me over and saying, what did you do? And I was like, why is it such a big deal? So it's on the you tab. Done? You know, I don't get why this is so a the, problem. That's on the tab. It's taken care of. And so now, like, I have such a fear of the tab. That's that a great, like I, that, I don't use it. That's yeah. a powerful lesson. Um, yeah, it really was a super powerful lesson. It was more powerful than anything Dave Ramsey could have ever taught me. Um, <laughs> and Uncle Dave can teach you a few things. Yeah, I, I learned more about credit from the tab at the canteen <laughs> here than I ever did uh, I, in anything else. I feel else. like you could teach Dave Ramsey a few things, bro. Dave, if you're listening, I'd love to chat with you about it. Um, it'd be amazing. He could have you on his podcast, bro. That would be great. And you mm-hmm. could imagine that you like, could come on. Let me tell you my yeah. story, Dave. I was in debt. Couple hundred dollars, <laughs> couple hundo deep, Dave. Do my debt-free scream. End of the week came, bills come due. Gets the check. Oh, it's on the tab. Well, see, I had a misunderstanding. Now I will say this: I remember when I was little, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. I might have. Um, I always thought you and Tom were like the coolest people. Oh man, I was I, about to ask. I was about to ask I mean, if you remembered I, young, I, handsome, I athletic. That. I remember Hope. because they were they were obviously lady killers in the sense that right. there were always people around them. They're yes. twins. They're not ugly twins. They're very handsome twins. And I just remember being like, bro, if I could grow up and be like Hove and Tom in the looks department, <laughs> I'm gonna be all right in life. And uh, if you've seen me and you look up Hove, you'll see a striking resemblance. Yeah, um, it's like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, we both have noses, yep. eyes. Yep, a mouth. Um, a mouth. Each. Each. We don't share yeah. one. No. <laughs> but That's I just good. I do remember seeing you and and Tom kind of like you always. There's just this strut that you the, the, and Tom have naturally. It's you just yeah. how your gait is when you walk. You know. It's probably that probably comes from um, 
growing up in Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. You know? It, it just, it's absolutely Walking the main streets of the holler. Um, so appreciate you, that. You tell me about your and Tom's experience as, as campers here, because I have to imagine being a twin at Teenage Christian Camp had to be somewhat fun yeah. to mess with people, right? Like, did you ever oh, do anything yeah. like I that? I mean, our whole lives. Our whole lives. Um, TCC, I mean, there's so it's such a small body of people, typically, like, you can't get away with too many shenanigans as far as, like, <laughs> the old switcheroo, right? No Freaky Friday um, stuff happening. None but. of this Tom asked someone to the banquet and then you went with them. <laughs> I show up, yeah. Um, but we, we, did, we did that... Uh, I think people, I think people are uh, naturally kind of drawn to twins because it is a, it is a bit of an anomaly in the yeah. general population, um, and uh, I think I'm attributing a lot of that to to that. It's just the fact that oh, it's twins. Like there's something inherently different about that that it, that draws people in. This man yeah. is so humble. It's not often in life, though, that if you mess it up with one person, there's another identical yeah, there's, person. I mean, there's always two shots. Give it a shot. Always you know? two shots, and that's, you that's know, maybe that's rare. maybe that's it. People are looking for uh, the possibility of you know redemption. If, yeah. if if they strike out once, like like you said, it's not like always a, a second chance. Like, hey, there it is. Yeah, built in second chance. Now, what is because I know we talked about this before. I can't remember if it's you or Tom. There's something. And it, on on one of y'all's faces or whatever uh, that would be easier to tell you apart. Well, we have so I have a I have a scar. Here That's right. That's under what it my is. chin. Yeah. You guys can see that. Yeah. Um, it, it's magnificent, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we we also, oddly enough, to to bring the the connection even further, we both have a scar oh, over an eyebrow uh, from Voldemort? some sort of tricycle incident. Uh, How old were when we you? Lived in, well, we lived in Memphis. We were really young. My dad was still in optometry school. And we uh, apparently, I'm told, rode, both rode tricycles, our own tricycle, down a flight of stairs uh, at like, as, as one at like three yeah. or four years old. And both got scars from it. Uh, so that's pretty, that's pretty intense. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. But we did switch in college, switched a lot of, uh, a lot of times just classes hey i'm interested in this class you're taking wow i think i'll audit audit that without anyone knowing and no one ever figured it out wow did you take tests too no we we, we stopped short of academic dishonesty well, could you imagine they're like you haven't taken the class at all and then you show up for the test and you're like i know none of this i know none of this i'm sorry i haven't seen this yeah, before no pop quizzes or anything right no on that, okay, did you have to fill each other in like when you got back from the class like here's what yeah, happened there was some yeah there was some conversation that happened uh I, I distinctly remember, at the time, the conversation was less academic and more, uh, more human-centered in nature. Right? Like, who who's in okay. this class? Yeah. Particularly, what girls are in this class? That was kind of. So, like, Stacy came up and said hello to you today, and, and you're like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, Stacy. Right. You know, hey, hey, Stacy, how are you? It's good to meet you. I mean, cool. I haven't seen you in like a day. Yeah, she's Sa- like saved it. We had dinner last night. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, so there's always that. There's always that opportunity, or there has been uh, in the past to switch places. My, you know, I teach uh, freshmen. Yeah. Now and they are fascinated by that. They yeah. are blown away. And I usually wait till we get to know each other a little better before I drop that on them. Yeah. Now some of the kids that come before them will have told them already. 
uh, you know, Mr. Watkins has a has a twin, an identical twin brother. Mm. And they look exactly alike. Um, but if if they don't get that ruined for them, the right. looks the looks on their faces when I reveal that is it's everything. It's priceless really, every year. I really wish like you could do it where you're teaching class. I Facetime him and I, then I bring him yeah, in. He just on like FaceTime. walks in. Well, that would be that's the dream. Could you imagine like? A kid can, would faint. I can only imagine that. That would be perfect. We have a sidebar. We have a student uh, at our school who's I think he's going into his junior year, but he is a he's an illusionist. Okay, very good. And we have we have talked about having a prestige type illusion yes. in a oh, school man. talent show. Have you seen the prestige? No. Involving oh. myself and my twin brother. So, so it's in the works. Um, that may be the culmination of our trickery right yeah, now. That would be pretty awesome. I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but it's a really good movie that you should watch. Okay. Yeah, you should see it. It has Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale. Oh, okay. Um, it's got like the classic, was it Michael Caine's in it, didn't he? Or, you know, they had that. Sure, it's been a long for time. For a little bit I've of time it. there, they had like all the same people from the Batman Begins type trilogy. Okay. Yeah, they were sharing, they're sharing a lot of roles. Yeah. Christopher Nolan was directing a lot at that okay, time. Okay, cool. But the prestige is really good. And. Yeah. I would like to think that, like, at some point in life, if you ever made Tom mad, that Tom would go to that class that he was auditing, ask a girl to dinner, take her to dinner, do some elaborate, like, I love you, and then, like, the next day, just watch as you come and back, then, like, what did you do? Watch it all burn. Yeah, what did you do, bro? Yeah. I can't believe be, you. That'd be the ultimate revenge. <laughs> Tom, if you're listening, uh, you're welcome. We're going to send him the, the link to the podcast. Yeah, he, should, he has to tune in. He should, like, walk into your class one day and be like, all of you pass. Put all the grades in and everything. Give me leave. fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, classic. He got me. I would have egg on my face. Yeah, whoa, classic prank, bro. Oh, speaking of, speaking of egg, egg. on oh, people's yeah, faces. Yeah, I've got, segue, I've got a cool whoa. story. Yeah. Um, so, we talked earlier about cool camp stories. Or introduced the idea of cool camp stories. Um, one of my all-time favorite fifth week TCC camp stories involves um, a, a legendary figure... Yep. Named Jay Winget, who's been here since the camp began. I think since is what the legend goes. Yeah, it's it's really hard to pin down exactly when he showed up on the scene. Um, I think when they laid the land, like Jay just like came up out yeah, of the the clearing. I've heard that. I was like, this is my home. Now. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Is uh, when the first the first backhoe took a took yeah. a scoop out of the ground. He right just over kind of emerged. He just emerged yeah. like yeah. a. Like a rock from the from the ground. This is my tenth or eleventh year at fifth week, and I met Jay whenever I was thirteen years old. Hasn't aged since. I don't know no. how old the dude is. He's looked about sixty since I met him. I, I don't know how, how old do you guys think he is. Do, do you guys know anything about that legend? Great news, Jay. Come on out. No, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think I always thought he was in his sixties around the time I was a camper. Yeah, and so I mean that was 15 years ago when I started as a camper. So I mean I would, I would guesstimate in his 70s, but I feel like that's wrong. Um, the man doesn't age. Like I'm convinced that he will be here forever, like uh, until that judgment day. You know, trumpet yeah. sounds. Yeah, we we I hope, hope so. so. I hope because so. he also like he has the freedom and flexibility to be here like the whole summer. Sure. And like I see all the time because I live in Memphis, Knoxville. Growing up. I've been here, you know, maybe 25, 26 weeks out of my life for camp. But I see on social media all the time, like, here's third week, here's fourth week, and Jay. Like, it's kind of like, where's Waldo? Yep. But there's, where's J-O? You know, he's, mm. there he is, there he is. 
and I just see him all the time. And like on Saturday or Sunday morning, he was washing clothes because he had been here fourth week, and it was just like I'm getting ready for fifth week. Yeah, that tracks. That but tracks. you had a story about egg out. on his face, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, uh, Let's hear about this legend. Yeah, so this was probably my junior or senior year of high school. Um, we used to do a, we used to go out to the softball field uh, down at the end of campus and play field games. So it'd be softball, be ultimate frisbee, um, and sometimes a water balloon toss, but this year it happened to be an egg toss. Well, the idea is you and a partner uh, get across from each other, you know, 50 feet or so. Oh, you're bro. trying to keep you're trying to keep the, the egg intact. And the last team uh, whose egg breaks is the winner. Well, being teenagers and uh, slightly mischievous at the time. Yep. And, and, you know, young and dumb. <laughs> We decided that it would be a good idea to try to hit Jay because he was our counselor, <laughs> and he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, as as is his uh, his usual state of nature. And um, yeah, that was the plan. That was the plan going in, and it it was it was innocuous enough. It was simple. wasn't mean spirited. There was no menace involved um, until a throw was made. No intentional malice. Let's say that. Um, but you've alluded to athleticism being a part of my family, so yeah. I, I feel comfortable to speak to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, my brother, I, I throw one first, okay? And I threw it, you know, probably 75%. You know, the problem with this story 75%. is it could have been you that threw it, but because you and Tom look alike, no now, one would know. Now you get it, man. Now you get it. So I threw I threw the egg first. Um, it whizzes by at a frightening rate of speed. <laughs> grazes, seemingly grazes the tip of Jay's nose. He he notices it right, and oh, he's like, okay. he does this thing where he kind of steps back. He's like, oh, <laughs> um, and as he's doing that and kind of checking over his shoulder, my brother has has unleashed absolute fury, and it is it is making its way towards his face. Oh no. and, man. And it nails Jay right under his eye and cuts his cheek. The eggshell shatters and hits with such impact that it cuts his cheek and he's bleeding. Now, now we, we have problems, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and my brother immediately is just like, he can't believe that it actually hit somebody. Right? So oh, he we, wasn't we, aiming for Jay. Yes, but not... You know, it's face, like it's like course. when you're, you know, like Michael said earlier, when you're having a brother fight and your brother hits you, and, <laughs> yeah. he, and he actually lands, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean to hit you that hard." Well, you were still aiming for me, right? right. It's kind of one of those deals. Okay, okay, okay. So it hits Che and cuts his eye, cuts under his eye, doesn't cut his eyeball, and we sprint over to Jay. We're checking on him, and he's like, you know, he's still conscious and everything's, you know, fairly normal mm. except for the the spot of blood on his cheek. Spot of blood and uh, and yolk. Yeah, and the and the obvious egg on his face, the metaphorical egg on our face, and the literal egg on his face, and uh, there were some dicey seconds there where we weren't sure if we were going to stay at camp oh my that, that year. Um, but he it turned out to be a very superficial wound. He was fine. He was a little bit, as as you might imagine, a little bit upset. Yeah. Well, he was on mad. campgrounds. I mean, it a was healing mad. him. Yeah, you know, right. Just immediately. If you had done that outside of camp, it might have been worse. 
That's true. But when he's on his home turf, <laughs> unbeatable. Yeah, he's almost invincible, yeah. really. As we found out, that story illustrates that. So everything was fine. Uh, little cut across his eye. You should hear. Honestly, you should hear Jay tell that story because he he tells my favorite version of the story because he his embellishment is perfectly timed yeah. throughout the. Yeah, I gave, yeah, I gave yeah. you the, the short version. He's like in twelve eggs, just immediately simultaneously. Yeah, they have like the the eggs have the eggs have these heat sticking devices on them and like. <laughs> We've we've somehow programmed these eggs to fly at you know 100 miles an hour. When he when it hits him, he he kind of flashes back to his childhood <laughs> for a second. Doesn't know where he is. Comes to he thinks it's 1975. All that his yeah his his version is the best for sure. But that was a it's one of my favorite camp stories. Yeah. Uh, and only I'm only saying that because it was just it was terrifying uh, and could have been could have been way worse. But Jay's version is my favorite because he laughs through the whole thing. <laughs> as you, as you guys, does he might have imagine. a scar? I don't think so. Like, like I said, it was superficial. Yeah. yeah, just barely broke the skin. Just enough for a little bit of blood. Yeah, just a little bit of of danger and excitement. Did you, you know, the only thing that could have made that story like a little more epic is if you walked up to him afterwards and said, "How do you like your eggs, Runny?" Oh, you just kind of opportunity missed. Yeah. I had a time machine. <laughs> If I had a time machine, we would go back to that we could moment. Say, we could just say that to right him tomorrow, now. though. Yeah. We remind him that, and he'd be like, I've been waiting years to say this to you. Boom. You think it'll still have the same impact? It will after one of us hits him with an egg right before <laughs> you say something. Recreation. Yeah. Luke, you're, you're up. Okay, okay. What, what am I up about? To hit him with the egg. Okay, it's your yeah, time. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, it's my no, time. But shifting gears to you, you did something last year that... Um, in, in my own words, before I let you describe all of it with the great detail, around this time last year, yes, you were yeah. talking about what you were going to do. And I remember thinking, just personally, because we're friends, I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be one of those things. It sounds like it's going to be great. Yeah. And it'll be a good memory for the family. And then fast forward to January of this year. Okay. I'm at CYC. Uh, for the school, by the way, shameless plug, the Memphis School of Preaching is a great place to get an education if you're wanting to preach the gospel. Uh, you can find out more info at msop.org. And Debbie, Evie, and Bailey come up to the booth, which are your relatives. Yes. Um, and somehow it got brought up. And I said, how was it? And Debbie, and Debbie can also kind of embellish a little at times in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Debbie was like, Michael. You should have seen it. And it was just like instant. I knew that this was actually a cool. Because even Evie and Bailey were like, it was really fun. Yeah. So tell them about Survivor. Okay. Yeah. So I love the show Survivor. Top five TV show of all time. Um, just the ultimate game. It's got strategy. It's got social skills. It's got physical attributes that you got to have. And Such a Gasquey comment. It, yeah. You know, it, top you know, five show, Survivor. <laughs> and listen, listen, Why? listen, listen. If you're the best guy, doesn't win. If you're the biggest athlete, you're the you're the best guy. The little guy can vote him out, and that's the best thing about it. Is there's no there's no top dog, and it really is just who survives the longest and who uses their social skills the best and reads people the right way and um and really like a big thing about it is relationships and. I was like, okay, I there's no way I'm going to get on this show. No way anybody in my family is going to get on this show, anyone in my town. 
Um, so I'm gonna just do it myself. I saw somebody on YouTube, he had done it himself, and I was like, okay, I can edit way better than that dude. I'll put this together, <laughs> I'll make this better than him. And which shout out to him he was super nice i dm'd him on instagram he was very supportive i should be listening to the show i'm like wow uh shots fired i thought we were friends no but seriously i was like i can do this and i, I know it's going to be great so i i wasn't very confident at first i was talking to my girlfriend i was talking to my mom my sister and i was like man this would be such a cool idea this is such a cool idea but i don't think i could get like 14 people to spend a weekend outside in 80 degree weather no phone you know out there with random people doing something on a tv show they don't even know you know half the people that were on the show had never seen survivor uh and i was like you know what let's just like let's do this they were super supportive my mom my sister my girlfriend and i was like all right i'm gonna ask around and see if i can get 14 people to come out to my house in the middle of east tennessee the middle of nowhere and uh participate in this weekend long thing i'll try to record it who knows it might just go belly up and we might just you know just do the rest of the show without recording it but if that happens it'll be good memories um so i had i had my i had my crew it was me my buddy and my cousin bailey that michael just mentioned that was the whole production crew and jackson had never seen the show that was my buddy and uh Bailey, she was a huge help. She did everything I asked, but I was very particular about a lot of stuff, and I just took a lot of control of it. Um, but it was super cool. My brother did it. My sister did it. My mom, my sister-in-law, my girlfriend, uh, my best friend, and his girlfriend did it. So it was all these people that were really close. And I was really excited that they were doing it because I wanted to see how they would do in um, this social game and how they would handle these different relationships and strategize but i was scared because you know this is people get their feelings hurt there was about 500 bucks on the line for the week for the winter which isn't much but you know a weekend outside hanging out with friends and family like yeah. and you can win 500 bucks that's not the worst thing in the world my family's very competitive so it was can't imagine it was that. a nightmare right. it was a nightmare going into it and i was like i'm just gonna like be the most unbiased host I'm going to pretend like I don't know these people and I'm going to pretend like I don't care about their feelings and we're just going to go from there and that's kind of what I did and uh, it turned out being awesome I, I was really worried about like I wasn't worried about the views you know the whole reason I did it was because like I thought about my kids watching their grandmother on this YouTube series that I'm the host of and like I just thought it would be a super cool experience to look back on in yeah. 10, 20 years when it's still on YouTube and it's still available for us to watch. So I post the first episode and everyone in my small town starts reposting it like crazy. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> I, I posted the first episode about three weeks after um, recording and I had not stopped editing for that whole three weeks. So I worked on this 45 minute video for three weeks, every, every second of the day that I could. And I put a lot of time and effort to it and I was like, you know what, I just want to get this out. Um, I don't, nobody's going to watch it so I don't have to worry about finishing the whole season yet. Like I'll get an episode out. I'm really excited to see what people think and then they loved it. it just catches fire. <laughs> yeah. uh, the video's got over 4,000 views now which, I mean, I had like 50 subscribers on YouTube so like 4,000 views blew my mind. I could not believe that. Um, and 
then everyone started asking, where's the rest of the season? You know, they've seen episode one. They're ready to see what happens. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I just spent the last three weeks editing episode one. I don't know when episode two is going to come out. So I tried and tried and tried, and it's still the finale to this day. I mean, Michael just said that I was talking about it at camp last year. So the end of July last year was when we recorded, and the last episode is still not out. Um, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's, it's been a real That's, cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah. I've Seals graduated college since then. <laughs> I have gotten a job. I've, I'm in a relationship. You know, there's a lot of people that need and want my time right now in my life. So it's been really hard to commit to everything, but um, I, I did feel bad for like the sponsors. You know, I yeah. I had a lot of people in the community reach out and like give money for the winter for yeah. equipment. We got to get a, some awesome camera equipment, some awesome mics for it, and so just in the middle of season one, I start shouting out random sponsors that sponsored season two. But I was like, I don't know when that's going to come out. So we've recorded two seasons. Um, it's been such a cool experience. There was a little bit of a flare-up with my family, you know. My mom, she might have shed a few tears whenever her son voted her out. If you guys want to check it out. <laughs> okay, which son? Feel free. Uh, you were the host, so not you. Not me. No, okay. my older brother, Quint. You know. that, that, is, that is Quint. Quint, I love him. I, uh, he's I a gamer. I grew up going to camp with Quint. Yeah. When it comes to competition... He's in it to win it. Quint will beat his own son if it means winning a game. Like, Quint will look into his child's eyes at, like, five years old and be like, you will go down today. Yeah. I don't care how bad you feel about it. It will happen. So that that just proves it. Yeah. Uh, Quint is my older brother. You know, Tom – or Hope was talking about his brother, Tom. Uh, Quint is better than me at every single thing. You name one thing that I'm better at, I will pay you 100 bucks right now. <laughs> He can jump higher than me. He's faster than me. He got married. He plays basketball you. better than me. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he pulled the girl before I did. You know, there's so many different things about this guy, but that's that's just been an awesome example for me. He's been he's been such a blessing to have as an older brother and such a good role model. Um, and in competition, like I hope that I am half as competitive as him and stuff because I will try as hard as I can because I've always wanted to beat him. So I've had to give it all my all to compete with him. But yeah, um, Survivor, super fun. Um, it was so cool. If you got, if anybody out there wants to be on season three, if they love the show, anything, if you if you just want to come do it, please hit Michael up, hit me up. I would love to have you guys out there. Uh, we'll take anybody, all shapes and sizes, doesn't matter. We'll I mean, there was a brother that wasn't invited, but. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Quilt. Quilt, Quilt felt very offended that he didn't get the call. Quilt was out My of town. His skills working. are out of out of this world. Like, no one wants to be around me. No, <laughs> no you mentioned that the season season one has not been uploaded yet. The finale. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, we've all had shows that we like get like canceled. Yeah. And here lately, there's been like a trend where the networks or like Netflix or whoever is like. We'll give you another 10 episodes, but wrap it up. Like, yeah. You have 10 episodes to finish this. 20 years ago, 10, even 15 years ago, that wasn't a thing. If it ended, a lot of times it just ended. And there was a show that I found uh, that was like a cop show. It was um, probably on CBS back in the day. Okay. And I found it on a social or a streaming platform. Okay. And I just fell in love with it, devoured it. Like, the very first episode is really cool. There's a good twist. And I'm watching this show, and I'm just, like, trailblazing through it. And um, I get to the end, and in the very last episode, a main character is shot. 
like seven times. And then it ends, and I was like, oh, man, this next season is going <laughs> to be spectacular. It was canceled. <laughs> like, the, no more episodes. I thought, oh, I caught up. Season five is sure. going to come out yeah. this year. And I went and looked it up, and it was like, uh, unfortunately, this show will not be continuing. So to this day, in my head, I've had to like come up with a way that this character survived. Mm-hmm. Was, it's not the same. And so there are probably people out there right now that are like, who won? Yeah. Oh. Do you get, I can't do you get even DMs begin. and questions all the time about that? Yes. All my family, uh, they live in an even smaller town than me. Uh, and my Uncle Phil was on the show, and he's a very big figure in his small town. And he has gotten, he has texted me probably probably two or three times a month, uh, pretty much harassing me, ask, telling me to post that last video, and the, the whole town is asking about it. And uh, it was, but anyways, I forgot to mention this also. It ended up being in the front page of our county newspaper. Oh, wow. And that was the last thing I expected. I told the dude when he was interviewing me, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how this happened. Like, this was just something that was for me and my family, but I'm glad everyone else is enjoying it. You know, I did it in case other people wanted to see, but uh, it, was, it was just a super cool experience. Yeah, it takes, it takes a family that is competitive to make that work because mm-hmm. like if all of y'all were just the kind of you know oh it's fine I'll be okay yeah. but when when the episode shows Clint's like mom you're out yeah like that's that's good television right there that's good television that's good television I'm gonna want you to send the link to me when this is over yeah. I didn't realize yeah. <laughs> that it was that available to watch and I can just imagine like I can see Clint right now being like I voted out my mother with no like emotion in his voice whatsoever just being yeah. like it is what it is mom thanks for everything but you're out <laughs> yeah as a, as a son my heart was broken you know she's crying over there and I'm like oh that's so sad but as a host you were like yes oh, leave oh I loved no. it oh <laughs> yeah I said go, go inside you're, um, mom uh, you're, you're eliminated I you was need like to, this is going to be great television yeah, you need to quit. this is awesome maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe a few more tears we need another shot another yeah, angle you, of those uh, tears <laughs> You go, you go right to after, like, hold the mic. And, what did it feel like when your own son voted you off? Betrayed you on the And then you say, and I'll be honest, if, if the roles were reversed and Quint was standing here, I can't blame him. I would have done the same thing. How does it feel to know both of your children would vote you off right now? I just got a text from Quilt. He yeah, actually said Quilt that he said wanted you out yeah. earlier. Show, Quilt so. was mad that Quint didn't take the so chance earlier. Now, Jolie yes. is... Very like spunky, athletic, competitive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and a hysterical person. Uh, she's overseas right now for school. I really yeah. hate she can't be here this year because she's always fun to be around and talk to because she's just hilarious, like all the other Gasquies are. I imagine she too had to be like real competitive. Oh, and yeah. Take, take things like very seriously in the competition. Yeah, right? I I hate to spoil anything, but. Uh you know, there was a there was a moment that happened where she might have got a little bit betrayed, and like somebody might have lied to her, Probably and Clint. she might have she <laughs> might have not talked to that person for the rest of the weekend, and maybe even still kind of holds a grudge against her. But uh, oh. yeah, it was it, it's pretty intense stuff. I mean, my family, I'm telling you, they're I'm, I call them crazy because I'm crazy too when it comes to competition. And uh, yeah, she didn't she didn't really enjoy that very much. Uh, she says she has a lot of regrets. She she has some hard feelings towards that person, 
But uh, again, as a host, love it. Yeah. Great TV. Great it's TV. Be. Uh, but yeah, she's she. There were a few people that weren't very happy with what happened, and I can't blame them. It's a very, it's crazy because you think about it. They were out there for two days. All all they had was a cup of rice. Was that Saturday morning? To eat? That's all they got. To, yes, that's all they got to eat. Like, I tried was to it make cooked? it cooked. Um, it was white rice. Yes, it was cooked. Yeah. It was cooked white rice in a solo cup. They had to share it with their whole tribe of seven people. A bunch of people right now are just like, maybe I don't want to do season three. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe season one and two watching is, is more of my speed. But it was also 90 degrees that weekend. And, I mean, once you get – once you're there for 24 hours, you're nasty. Your brain has been nonstop thinking about everything for the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Super sweaty from all the challenges. You know – you're trying to be kind to people because you can't win the game unless people like you. And you just really just get very emotionally fatigued. And it's crazy because I think about it like, wow, this was two and a half days. And people were kind of losing their mind and really struggling. And, like, they're out there for 39 days. Granted, they don't have to do as many challenges in a row. You know, they have more time to rest. But we were out there. And just about a day in, I mean, you could tell a lot of people started to crack. Super hungry super sweaty out there it's 90 degrees they've got a camera in their face the whole weekend they're trying to be polite to these people they're trying to be nice to their family without being mean to to other people uh it was just it was really awesome super cool social experiment that i'm really glad that i got to be on like the air-conditioned plenty of food side of things after after the day was over you were like all right guys we'll see you tomorrow and you like went inside yeah uh there was actually one person that was telling me after the season we did a challenge on the patio right before sunset and um, they were sitting out there. The about there were about six people left in the game at that point. And everyone that was there the weekend, you know, everyone on production, all the people that had been voted out, uh, you know, people from the church came over. They were helping with like setting up food and challenges and stuff. Everyone went inside. You know, we've got a a clear sliding door right between our patio and our yeah, kitchen. Yeah, I remember. Everyone goes in the air condition. We're all hanging out. They can just see us. And they're sitting out there on the deck, hungry, hot, (laughs) disgusting, and not the happiest they've ever been in their life, you know, and just stressed. And we're in there just having a good time. We got everybody's got a soda in hand, you know, we're eating right there. Pizza's on the way. Oh, it was, (laughs) it was actually really, really like hindsight. I kind of feel bad, but like in the moment, I didn't realize like, how crazy and how like tough it had been for a lot of people mm-hmm. like yeah mentally so that was that was really cool and that was a funny story that someone told me that i was like wow i was very like ignorant to how you guys felt out there and i'm sorry you're like i didn't realize when i was eating those seven pieces of pizza <laughs> and you had that grain of rice um <laughs> you were you were upset by that and i'm sorry um so season three is planned to be done so but you don't know when or we've done season two um it was really cool because it was basically the opposite of things we did it in october and it was freezing cold that weekend it was it got below freezing that that's, night that's great the next one he's gonna be like it's raining go 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 <laughs> so like you know season three season four it might not happen it, it's a lot of work to edit that stuff but i mean i would love Big picture, I'd love to do like one more season three, maybe half the cast returners, half the cast as new players, and then season four like an all-star season yeah. just to wrap things up, get all the all the past uh, legends so from if the show to come back on. But if you're an editor listening to this and you want to have like some type of reel 
yeah. to show to companies and stuff what you're capable of. I'll put Luke's information in the show notes. You can hit him up. Maybe you can help him edit this so it can be done. Cause I'd love that. Bro, the people need season three and four. Like, I'm a big, I'm a big believer. I just mentioned it. I will, I will like go to my grave, lamenting very, very insignificantly, of course. But like, if you ask me, if I could go back to the day I started watching this show that ended, like, and there's no end to it. I would not watch it. Like, I would tell the other guy, bro, don't finish the show. <laughs> There's no start. end to it. Don't you they even. got canceled. Because I always like to watch a show that has either eight to ten seasons, Blue Blood, something like that, where you know, okay, it's been on ten years. It's got to be at least good enough mm-hmm. to keep going. Sure. But also a show that is preferably still going. Yeah. Because then I know I get to kind of play catch up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, funny story. One of our buddies here, uh, Will, he's a big fan of Survivor. He loves it. So he was all about it whenever I was telling him about it last year. And um, so I posted part one of the finale. Part two hasn't come out yet. But uh, I asked him, I texted him when it came out. I said, hey, did you watch the episode yet? Like, what did you think? He he said he hadn't watched the episode yet because he didn't know how long it was going to be until part two came out. (laughs) And he didn't want to forget what happened. So I said, I completely understand that. That is no hard feelings. I, I can't wait for the p- final part to come out, and you can enjoy it. But again, if you're an editor. Yeah, please. If you're an editor, it's please. A good time. Please. Um, you know, notoriety is the name of the game. There's no money involved. But hey, everybody's mm. got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll throw you a 20 every now and then. And yeah. I'll buy you some food. Absolutely. Venmo you some cat. And, yeah. Beautiful. Whatever now, it takes. There is something that... Um, I don't think Luke has heard before. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but I never thought when we first started this podcast, people don't know this, Caleb and I, last year, we knew we were taking a summer break for the regular shows that are all spiritual-based on the Scattered Abroad Network, Mm -hmm. and we were like, we need something for the summer, and so we knew we were going to do a spiritual show that came out every Tuesday, and we were looking at it, and we are like, what can we do on Thursdays? And just one day, both of us were talking about it, and we were like, man, we've grown up hearing all these crazy stories from preachers and other things. Let's do a show called Did That Really Happen? And that's how this show was born. And we really thought no one would like it. Like, we just thought, yeah, it'll be fun, but we'll, we'll enjoy it and no one else will. I have gone random places and have heard people come up, during the summertime especially, we love listening to that show, Driving Down the Road. And so I've told a lot of the stories not thinking that I would ever have a chance to tell some of them with the people that they happened with at the, you know, on the same episode. Mm. And so, forgive me if you've heard this one, but I'm going to let uh, Ho tell his recollection of the time that we rickrolled a Waffle House 23 times before we left um, a couple of years ago here at camp. <laughs> Forgot about that for a second. <laughs> and you can tell about um, Gaio as well, if you'd yeah, like. So- yeah, uh, I, need to, I need to hear about Gaio. You yeah. guys mentioned that the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this I'll one. I'll let you in on the Gaio. Um, so we decided, uh, was this, it's like 2018. Yeah, probably. 17 or 18, somewhere around there. Um, take a trip to Waffle House. It was uh, myself, Michael, Will, and, and, and Nathan, Nathan uh, who's not who's here, not this, here this week. Um, but normally wow. is, and has an impeccable mustache, I'll add. Oh, man. Um, so we we loaded into your you had a F one fifty at the yeah. time, I think. Black black F one fifty at the time. I think Eco, I, that was Eco year I just gotten it. Yeah. It was an EcoBoost because we stopped at a red light and I thought it and I thought I died. Yeah. And I'd never been in one, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I was putting you guys on uh, a song that that had just uh, piqued my interest. Um, 
a few years before that, and I thought you guys would appreciate it. And it's uh, called Gallo del Cielo uh, by a Texas Texas-based band, uh, Jason Boland and the Stragglers. Okay, they're a Texas country band. Um, anyway, the song recounts the story of uh, Carlos Saragossa, who leaves his home in uh, in Mexico with a an absconded rooster, right? A stolen rooster beneath his arm, crosses the Rio Grande. Uh, Proceeds to fight his way up the coast of California um, with uh, with nothing but a dream and uh, a locket of his sister as his good luck charm. And it's like a six-minute song. It's an incredible song. Uh, Jason Boland even calls it uh, the greatest song ever written about the sport of rooster fighting. Okay, and I would have to agree. I've not heard them all. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't you've need heard to. them all, and I've you want to, yeah, that's the only one I need. Anyway, the king. so we played it at loud volume as we exited camp and on our way to Waffle House, and uh, it became an instant hit. Oh man! I think I could say that safely. And we we played it probably like five or six times that week after and it's, that. It just gets in your blood. There's yeah. something there's something about it that just. It, uh, it's literally been two or three years since I've heard it, and I can still hear the. Oh yeah! I just With like the violin, it's, it's just right the there. playing so hard yeah. in the back. I've never yeah. been so excited to listen to it's a song. It's amazing. We're happy. I can't wait. Yeah, we're we're gonna let Luke. Uh, People hear are gonna go and listen very, to it like this song shortly. is. We don't get it. And, and, you, know? you know, if you don't get it, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. but, but you don't have tell to, us that you don't get it. But you have to understand that it is indeed the greatest song ever written about rooster fighting. So uh, we get to we get to the Waffle House. Uh, we eat. We're having conversation. And uh, I don't know who decided to play Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up yeah. first <laughs> on the jukebox. Because the jukebox has to be played oh, when you go to the Waffle House. Right. Yeah. Uh, when you go to American Hibachi, the jukebox must be played. I'm sorry. It, it just has to it's, be. It's the law. That's right. So someone plays Never Gonna Give You Up. And uh, I guess maybe through conversation uh, or just delirium. Because it was, I think... What two? Probably two in the morning. Three, yeah. Uh, we decide. Well, we have all this change. We should probably <laughs> play. Leave. We should leave. Not just a generous tip as we do, right. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a present as we leave the right. Waffle House, and the gift that keeps on giving oh, yeah. is yeah. never going to give you up by Rick Astley. So we play it. I don't know. It was like 23 times because we, we was, did yeah we played like Uptown Funk or something else that was popular at the yeah, time we threw, we threw them a curveball yeah. at the start they never saw it coming as a great Rick roll uh, should always happen yeah uh, by surprise and uh, you know some say some say it's still playing hmm. um, can you imagine if we show up this year and they're like get out <laughs> it's yeah. you if, if they've if they've <laughs> if they're on to us and we show up uh, we may have another story to tell on yeah. another we'll podcast episode. We'll just come right back here. The Waffle House, let me just let me say this. The Waffle House is always it's a fount Man. of of wonderful stories. This is weird the, and wonderful yeah. stories. This is the second episode this season where a Waffle House story has been told. The third ep- the third episode total the Waffle House has been talked about. You should get sponsored. I really should. Waffle yeah. House if you're listening. I'm sorry I rickrolled you that time in Knoxville, but I'm a good person. I, I will say this. Uh in all honesty, that is my favorite restaurant in the entire country. Wow. I don't, I don't disagree. And it, it... There's something comforting about it. Wow. There really is, because you show up there... Is this like a past midnight restaurant? There, there's is just, like a, there is just something about it. Uh, it's it's yeah. where we grew up. In high school, 
my friends and I would go there after, okay. and I think that plays a huge part. We'd go yeah, there after yeah. Cosmic Bowling on the weekends because they're still open at mm. 2 a.m. when you know Cosmic yeah. Bowling ends. And uh, it, we got <laughs> yeah. close with the staff. Uh, yes, that's and learned the best. That we, you have your order. You have everything uh, exactly as you remember it, which doesn't happen very often in life. And it's nice to know that there yeah. are still places uh, that you can go and you can expect that. I think the reason that that night was so funny and etched in our brains, too, is three things happened. One, Will is usually very, like, responsible he, of the group. He is he a is, very responsible He's probably person. the most responsible of the four of that's us fair. when we go somewhere. I think that's fair. I think and that's fair. Will was even like, bro, I'll kick in some change to, to make this <laughs> yeah, happen. He was, everyone, everyone there was was uh, complicit in the yeah. Rick rolling of the Waffle Dathan House. Too. Dathan, I love when Dathan thinks something is so funny. Oh, his laugh. His oh, laugh, man. and he'll clap. There's nothing yeah. better. And he was doing that like a few times as we were going over to the jukebox. Because yeah. you have to go to the jukebox back then. I, I saw this recently. I went to Waffle House like a week or two ago. Yeah. They have it on an app now. I don't want it. Whoa. Like, but that's more sneaky. If you're gonna rickroll, yeah. Sneaky. I mean, certainly the rickrolling possibilities are open. That's that's true. Without even ever getting up. Yeah, there's something. Or letting them down. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> or running around and hurting them. Solid, solid. I think there's something. Uh, there's something to be said for the brazenness that it takes to walk confidently. That's true. To a jukebox. Yeah. Uh, drop. You know, yeah. What fifteen dollars? It was around box. fifteen or twenty. Yeah. You hear Nathan laughing and in the background. Nothing but Rick Astley. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, at that point, that was the night where I don't know if you remember this part. I think I talked about it the first time I ever told the story. I hope you remember it and you add to it because that was the night where we decided to do it after a incredibly inebriated man walked in. Yelled a little bit yeah. and then left. Yeah. And someone said something, you know, like, well, he just gave up or something like that. And I was like, we all had an idea, <laughs> like, in that moment. It hit us all and at we the same all time. went and did it. But he, at that at that time at Waffle House, my theory is there's there's two groups of people. It's, it's true. There's yeah. the Christians who are not inebriated and they all, they're all on one side because you, you pick your own seating. <laughs> And there's like this innate ability when you walk in to be like, this is the side that is the non, you know, yeah. this you, is the sober section. You just fill, you fill the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as you do at 2 a.m., you know, you got to fill the room. And there were about maybe five to ten people in there that were clearly either getting over something. Yeah, that's a that's a landing spot. Yeah. It's yeah. a solid landing spot for, for uh, you know, late night activities of all sorts. Well, that, to this day, um, the third thing that happened that night... Uh, and he's he's behind me, so I'm gonna make sure this. We asked if we could go, and we didn't communicate properly what we meant by "can we go." That that sounds what that, was that tracks. what was said, <laughs> and what was heard. It was our fault. Two two different things going on. But at the same we time. were like, "Can we go to Waffle House and just come back when we come back?" But we never said that. And so my dad was waited, staying up. He waited up, right? And. I forgot to communicate with him, to text him, to let him know. Mm. And so we come rolling. We're bebopping in. You know, it's like 2.30 in the morning. Gallo Del Cielo. Yeah, listen to Listen to Gallo. And Dad's like, I have been waiting for like an hour and a half to go to bed on you guys. Yeah. That, and I felt so bad because that's I was like, not oh, the, That's not the move. That's not I what you want. I didn't intend to do that and to stay out that late. Yeah. And so uh, 
Dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, he's, he's behind me. He can hear me. Um, but that is still one of my favorite camp memories outside of the other one that we've we talked about before on another podcast where um the cabin was raided mm. and then like 45 people were all in gilgal um yeah. which again when you don't know about tcc 45 people all in gilgal is the cabin gilgal not the actual city <laughs> yeah. we didn't all go to gilgal with this guy and be like that's right. now you're gonna that's get right. it yeah um, it's, a, it's a high that's a high context joke but yeah it's, so you were in golan I, I spent some time in golan as a camper yeah and you were in Golan the whole time, Luke. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I've been in Damascus the whole time. I kind of, I did this thing when uh, fairly early on where I would come in uh, and I would move, I would jump cabins. Yeah. To just experience different things. I can see that. Um, and I liked that, you know. I met a lot more people that way. And, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, spent some time in Golan, spent some time in Cana and Maine. It gives a whole new meaning when you're reading. It's one thing I'll, I'll give very big credit to this camp about, and it's advertising. When I read in the Bible and he journeyed to Damascus, mm-hmm. the first thought I have now is not the biblical city Damascus. Sure. It's the cabin. Yeah. Or he went to Nazareth or he went to Golan when it's mentioned. And Golan's one of the more obscure ones that's in the Bible. It's not, it's not all over the place like you see Jerusalem, Nazareth. Even Damascus is mentioned a handful of times. I remember the first year, I was like, where's Golan in the Bible? And it was showed to me, and I was like, I, wow, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. But Golan is just such a, it's such a, you know, really neat name for a cabin. Mm-hmm. Golan. The Golanites. Also, Canaanites. Uh, you mentioned 45 people in Gilgal. Yeah. This is a cabin that, like, barely fits in four bunk beds. That's it's, true. It's, it's not, the smallest it's one, It's not comfortable. Yeah. It is very tight and tiny in there. And 45 people is actually very incredible. That's an uh, impressive feat. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the number one rule from that story is pranks can go too far. Absolutely. And when they go too far, you might die. Because in that moment, the breathing machine from my father was shut off. That could have ended very badly. Um, and then when Jonathan Woodall was taken, I've already said his name before, he, it, it's well known, when he was put in Gilgal, I think he thought for a split second that, like, the mob that was he in there sure. he wasn't sure what it was, was not going to end well for him. Yeah. That we were all deliriously tired because I remember that was back when I was bringing DVDs to camp. I upgraded. I went from action figures. I brought a you know portable DVD player every oh, year yeah. with a bunch of movies that I could watch. Camp appropriate, you know, of course, Christian appropriate. Sure. And I had like fallen asleep watching something, and it was that moment where you're like, you are this close to being deep asleep, mm-hmm. but yeah. you're also like probably the most heightened and aware. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just water balloon after water balloon. And we didn't know what was happening. And, you know, Jonathan's running around. He's in this camo gear with paint on his face and all this. I don't even remember who grabbed him, but all of a sudden, we all awoke and we were in Gilgal. (laughs) And then uh, throughout all the noise, we heard a big knock on the door. And it was Dad. What are y'all doing? It's very recognizable. And then he said, I think y'all should get to bed. (laughs) Everybody dispersed. That's all it took. Scatter! You know. Um, this is such a good camp, though. Like, I claim Knoxville as a hometown of mine, and I haven't been here that many weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about, and I don't have this feeling at any other camp camp that I go to. I, I have a camp that yeah. I have gone to the entire time. It's been around foundations that I really enjoy and I love. 
when you grow up going to a place and you only get to be there one week out of the year and for me that's especially true because we live six hours away with the time difference and so um this week is always so cherished to get to come up and so if you're a teenager and you're thinking about camps and you're wanting to know what what would be a really cool week to go and be at you've heard two guys on the podcast tonight that are naturally funny they're really cool dudes um Luke pulled his weight too, uh, you know. Um, no, solid. Thanks, solid. Thanks, Quill. Thank you, Quill. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, this would be a great week for you to to come to, and be a part of. So Hillbrook Christian Camp, Hillbrook Christian Camp. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's a good week to come. It's week five that you're looking for. Now they they kind of changed it this year. They had a day camp, okay, which was different. And so technically, this is like the sixth week. That's happening, okay. but you want to look for the name Bruce Leonard and B.J. Clark. That's right. Um, if you don't see that name, and it's not because down the road there's some change or whatever, it's not the right week. You know, week five is the week that you want to go and, and be a part of because um, some of my most, you know, memorable moments happened here, and there's there's some stories that are just kind of like. I'm not ready to tell with my father sitting six feet behind me um, because uh, there's a bunch of stuff that's just like, it's so funny, and I would get in so much trouble if, if, it, was no, if it was known. So um, let me give you all an opportunity, though, to uh, lead off with any other stories, any other thing that might have come to mind, anything that happened over the years that you think this would be a good, good one to tell. We'll start with Luke. You got anything you want to add? Nothing like off the top of my head. I did look up how long uh, that Rickroll song is. It's three and a half minutes, so it played for eighty straight minutes in that Waffle House. That's you guys, solid. Yeah, just think about that that chef or that waitress that was there at yeah. three a.m. ready for bed. I'm sure didn't want to be there. That four dollar tip made it worth it, though. I'm sure that <laughs> I'll have to say. I'm sure at some point in let's say the third playing, they made them smile or fourth. Yeah, after the smile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone went over and unplugged it. Probably. But oh, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure of the I don't technology know if you there, remember this, though. Maybe when you plug it back in, all you hear is <laughs> yeah. what's on the queue. And if that's the case, it, it gave way more than we thought it would. Well, you remember, we did it like 20 times, but after the first three, I think we played like two songs that were not Rick Astley. And we were sitting there yeah. watching for a little while before we left. That's true. And because they didn't see what we were driving. And we were kind of unnoticeable at the time. Like, we just we were in, we were out, we were gone. Just low key. And so we're just kind of sitting there. And after that third time, when it started playing another song, there were a couple of people like, okay, and yeah. it started up again. And that's when we drove off because we knew that was the that was the moment. <laughs> it was time to go. But yeah, as far as camp stories go, I don't have any off the top of my head. I'm not the best storyteller, but I, I can't think of anything. So many crazy things happen. People tell me a story every time I get here, and I'm like. I totally forgot know. that happened. Yeah, yeah what yeah. did that actually happen? Like so many things that you hear are so unbelievable. Yeah, but I, I mean, I I trust him. I, I well, take people's word. And for the first time ever, you're in Damascus, and yeah. uh, he's he's seen the the awesome ways of the Damascusite clan, and it's like 60 degrees in our cabin. Yeah, it's and, uh, 80 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> We we um we keep it cool. It's pretty phenomenal in Damascus. You know that's the only way I know. Ever since I took over as a counselor in there, every year I've tried to like up my game to make it a little colder. So my goal is ten degrees, um, and we're getting closer. So solid. One year you're gonna get here and there's gonna be like air conditioning units just surrounding the cabin completely, 
and I'll still have fans on and everything. It's true. That'll be great. It's true. Um, Hobie Beef, you got anything you want to um, add? I just remember uh, looking forward to this week the rest of the year. Like, yeah. Uh, every year growing up and uh, it becoming a place now, you know, as a as a husband and now a father of a toddler, a place that I want to bring my family. And that says everything I think that can be said. It's yeah. like, I want to bring the people I love to to a place I love uh, yeah. and to hang out with other people that I love as well. So it's just a, a phenomenal place. And, you know, the, the stories that, that we've told and the many more that we haven't uh, are testament. And, and can't. Yeah. Our <laughs> testament to, to the fact that it's, it's just an absolutely special place. And there's no place like it. Um, and that's, you know, that's enough of a story. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got to bring my son here when he was like maybe a year old. And I took him around showing him different places. And he does it. He, if he remembers, like, that'll be the coolest thing ever because sure. he'll be the first baby to remember everything from when he was one. Right. Um, Legend. But, like, I'm, I'm walking him around going, this is where this happened and this is this. Is this. And uh, we went into Damascus and I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but, like, I wanted to be in Gilgal and my dad wouldn't let me. Like, he was just like, no, you're going you're to be in Damascus mm-hmm. this year. I think Phil was still counseling at okay. that time. Okay. Yeah, I got yeah, one year right. with Phil. And then uh, his schedule didn't allow him to really come back anymore consistently. Mm-hmm. But I walked into Damascus as a 13-year-old, you know, plucky teenager who knows no one in there. And I walk in, I turn to my right, and there's Cody Stevens. Um, and he goes, what's up, bro? And I was like, hey. And he goes, uh, where are you sleeping? I was like, I don't know. And he, he just hit the bed above him and said, that's your bed. And so that's my bed for six and a half weeks of my life. And that half was when I first took over as a counselor, like the first half of the week, like first three nights, I slept in my old bed. Sure. And then I realized I can't do this anymore. I need to be in the counselor's bunk because <laughs> um, that just seems weird. And so, so many things happened. And I formed a friendship with those four on that side of the Damascus cabin. Yeah. That even though we don't get to see each other a whole lot, if we saw each other tomorrow, it yep. would just be like nothing changed. Yep. And so I took Adam yeah. into that room, and I set him on the bed that I slept on for you know so many weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed to say there's there's like that a little motion that hits. That's like, man, I can't believe I never thought being a little teenager here that would bring my kid back. Yeah. And yep. yeah. one day have the hope and the opportunity to watch him experience camp the way I experience camp and get to see all of these different things and have memories flooding back in. It's just such a special place. Sure. And Absolutely. Uh, it's why I'm never coming back after this year. <laughs> um, no. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be terrible if this was, you know, I'm out. That would be. Um, you what a way you, to announce it, too. You would have Rick-rolled us bro, yeah. with that news. Greatest prank ever. Take you all these years thinking I love this place. Really, I'm biding my time. My 28th birthday, I'm out. Um, but I'll give you guys one last chance. Anything else you want to say? Anything yeah, you want to no. Add? What, what you guys just said, I mean, like Hope said, that's a, that's an, enough of a story to really end this on. Uh, I felt the same. I mean, I don't have a child or anything, so I haven't taken them back. But I, I grew up coming with all of my cousins. That yeah. I've got about nine of them that are all... Um, about three years younger to five years older than me and we were all just the bestest of friends growing up 
And this was a place that just we always talked about getting back to and looking forward to this week and being together around all our camp friends. And it, it's just crazy. I, I have made lifelong friends here that just like Michael just said, I mean, if they came tomorrow, it would be like nothing's changed. We'd be laughing, hugging with each other and all over each other like, like old times. And I, I just appreciate this place more than anywhere in the whole world. I've been coming since I was six years old. I haven't missed a summer since. And I'm so grateful that, that I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to come back all those years. And this has just been such a special place to me. These people here are like, like no one else in the world. And I don't know. I just think... I I'm, I don't know if anybody's listening that might be uh, like thinking about it or not, but I mean, 19, 20 years old, you're still not too old to come right. out. Like I, I I came whenever I was nineteen, twenty. I was a camper, and it was an awesome experience. And now I get to be able to to work as a staff member, and it's it's just super cool to be able to impact kids that are super young, just like people like Hope and Michael. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was a kid coming, like I looked up to them, and I was like, man, these guys are so cool. And now like. I get to to be that figure and be able to like be a role model for these guys and hopefully I'm a good one at that and I it's just such a cool experience to be able to give back to a place that gave me so much. Mm. Yeah. We've added a lot of stuff too over the last couple of years like pickleball this yeah. year has been added. That's that's a lot of fun. Um spike balls but just different things new that ping are like pong tables out here yeah new ping pong tables that say do not sit all over them um, <laughs> That's right. i wonder if they bought them like that or if they added that i don't know i feels like it was if, pre-purchased if it, that way yeah it, it looks like it came that way you think uh, sidebar and then then i'll close out the episode but do you think they called and like custom <laughs> ordered that and said all right on the side we want like six different times do not sit over and over again <laughs> i, I kind of hope they did I really wish that they had left the not out, do sit, and then all of us are like, it, it says I have to sit. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I, I just remember, like you said, a bunch of upgrades happening over the years, new ping pong tables. When I first started coming, there was no ceiling out there. I remember it that. It was rafters. And so when that. I would play ping pong, my strategy was hit it up into the rafters where you would lose <laughs> yes. it for a split second, and then it would bounce off. And I won so many games that way because I cheated. Solid. Solid. Um, but there's a lot of fun stuff that happens this week, and we we get to have great discussions about the Bible on top of it all. That really caps it off. I mean, the fun is great, but the spiritual side of it is also spectacular. And so if you're thinking about a church camp next year, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes to the website for you to look at the dates and everything, but you're always free to message me as well. Uh, it would be awesome to have you out here for a week at camp. And with that being said comes a close to another did that really happen uh like i said this is a fraction of what we could talk about and uh if we could have waited and drug this out for another two hours we might have been able to let him go to bed behind us and then we could have really started to tell the stories <laughs> that took place uh but that won't happen so uh we're going to close the episode there uh we want to remind you that we are going to go live on july uh 26th i believe and the goal with that is to have stories that we can tell that are appropriate. That's the number one word that I use whenever I talk to somebody because we all have stories that we could tell that happen to us in life that are awkward, weird, and probably not appropriate for all ages. And so this show is designed to try to be available for all ages and give people an opportunity to, uh, to listen. But 
we're going to go live. And so if you have a story that you want to be told, it can be anonymous. All you have to do is say, hey, don't say it's me, and we'll make sure to not do that. If you want your name to be attached to it, just email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. We'll be happy to read your story that night. We'll also see about having some guests to come on and talk about things. And I've teased this a little bit throughout the summer episodes, not as consistently as normal because these summer episodes have been a little bit more scattered abroad, no pun intended, uh, this season. But I went to go on a preaching trip back in May, and I was supposed to fly to Savannah, Georgia, and I ended up not getting to Savannah, Georgia. And I told my wife the story when I finally got home, and after 45 minutes, she said, honey, how long is this story? And I said, I'm telling you the abridged version. Like, I'm, I'm leaving stuff out. And so the hope is that I can tell an even shorter version of that on the live program about my travel mishaps. If you remember anything about me from last season and this season, um, for a guy who now travels as part of his living, you know, recruiting and doing things for the school, I have a lot of stories about mishaps that have taken place. And I've told Dad over the years, I'd love to write a book someday with him called The Clark Curse. You know, and we can talk about all the crazy things that have happened uh, because we have stories that are part of the reason why a program like this was created so we could talk with other people about the stuff that's happened to them. But we'll do that on that live program. We were going to go live last year, but some things prevented us from doing that. So don't forget this Tuesday. Another episode of Through Their Eyes is coming up, and we'll have an opportunity to continue our discussion from a spiritual side on church leadership. And then next week, we'll see what happens. I'm here this week with a bunch of camp friends and a couple of others that are preachers that I might get to sit down with me and tell some stories. Uh, Wayne Rogers, who you might remember is in the area, he might be stopping by. So just kind of keep an eye out. We'll see what happens. Uh, the summer season has been a little bit more derailed than normal, but it's understandable when you have two co-directors that are dealing with moves and new children and all that other good stuff. So when you ask yourself the question, did that really happen about all of the stories this week? Yes, it did. And next week we'll have more. But until then, be safe. Don't get into any trouble, and God bless.